Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. How are you today, sir? Couldn't be better. How are you? If I was any better, I would be the most special guest we ever have on this podcast. The uh, the 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 vocals you hear whenever Debonair comes on the radio, the man, the myth, the legend, Andre Edwards. What's going on, fellas? How are you, bud? I'm well, man. Thanks for having me. I uh, I absolutely look forward to uh, coming on this podcast and talking to you guys. Um, unfortunately, it's a little little earlier than we've become accustomed to here recently, but uh, you know, we'll we'll make through. First things first. Last week, it was it was a maybe on the on the podcast, and we moved it to the next day. You bowled. How did you bowl last week? So, um, I dropped a six six something series. So, uh, two two thirty something, one ninety something, two forty something. Holy smokes! Uh, yeah, look at this guy. All was, right, Chris Paul, yeah. I see you. Hey, we had a, we had a, we had a good week last week, man. We really did. Like our team battled. It was it was fun. Very nice. Did you say at any point who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> did you scream that to a kid or anything? I did not. I did not. Um, <laughs> although you guys know my brother Keith, uh, he's on my team, and we were pretty freaking obnoxious. Uh, I love it. That's fun. You should be. It's bowling. You should be massive amounts of garbage to the other team who is slightly older and very much so more reserved than we are. It's bad combination for them, boy. Bad combination. (laughs) (laughs) So then did you beat them? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. All three games. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. Beautiful. So, uh, so we also have the greatest bowler in the city of Cincinnati with us. Uh, (laughs) We just found out as well. Andre, have you ever bowled a 300 game? I'm not. The highest I've ever gotten was 279. 279. Right. It's close. What was so that two? Struck, two? Struck the first three frames, had a spare nine in the fourth, and then struck out the rest of the way. So I missed one pin. Man. How does that feel? What's that feeling like when the game, when it's over? So you don't, I don't know. The reason why I say that is because my anxiety wasn't where it could have been if I was like in the ninth or tenth frame. You know what I mean? Because I already knew I wasn't getting a three hundred. Like a three hundred wasn't possible. It was just like, oh, this is fun. Like you're just kind of. It's kind of like when oh. when you think about basketball and player says, you know, like you. The, the hoop just looked like I was throwing a basketball in the ocean. Like, it's just, it was just that big. And, you know, uh, and so you kind of find a groove to where every ball you throw is like, oh, that felt good. Oh, yeah, that mm-hmm. felt good. Oh, yeah. That, oh, got a little lucky on that one. But, oh, that felt like most of the balls you throw, you're like, yep, that's straight. Yep. Brooklyn in there every now and then. Right, every once in a while. Look, look, man, you can throw – a ball that you feel super confident about. You hit everything right. You delivered it exactly the way you wanted to do it. And it leaves a 10 pin or it leaves a seven pin or like, it, that's just the nature of the game. And I'm not a professional by any stretch of the imagination. I, I bowl once a week, but um, you know, the, 
that game in have? particular, I felt pretty good. Three, I carry three total. So one You're for pro- like okay. heavy, like heavy oil. It's hard to get a ball to hook and come through. So I got a ball for heavy oil. I got a ball for a lighter oil. And then I got a straight ball to shoot a 10 pin. There you go. You bowl at the same place every week? I do. Yeah. So is it is the is the lane oiled differently all the time? Do you do you go in not knowing until you get there and throw a couple of balls? Correct. Okay. All yeah. right. I'm very much a novice. I I bowl maybe once a year. And I, I've told Chris this before. I bowl different every time. <laughs> Which is not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's like anything else you do, man. It's about consistency and practice. And, like, I'm I'm not consistent and I don't practice, but I do bowl once a week, three games. So, you know, I'm probably better than your average person who walks up and bowls once a year. Mm-hmm. My problem with bowling is I, I throw it straight, and I've been doing it my whole life, and I'm scared. I, like, whenever I start bowling, there's always somebody there that I want to beat. So I don't want to change it and just try something new when I'm bowling. I never get the opportunity to give the old hook, give yeah. the old spinner a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea how to do it. It's it's super interesting stuff, man. If you ever really got into it, like the, the way the cover stock on the ball is made, the way the core of the ball is made, the way they fit it to your hand, like there's all sorts of ridiculous things that go into bowling if you ever really want to be good it's at bowling it. one day. Carry- yeah, I carry I carry about a one, somewhere between a one ninety and a two hundred average. Um, and again, I just don't I don't bowl enough to be really really good, but better than your average person who just gets up and bowls a couple times a year. Mm, there you go, there you go. All right, well, Andre, we're not this podcast uh, today is not about bowling. No, no, <laughs> However, no. if you find any way to get us off track, we will do it. It's, we've been known to, we've had uh, what we thought were going to be the fastest podcast turn into two hours with just two two of us. So it's not hard uh, to get us off track and continue off track. So I'm going to try to rein this thing in. All right, let's, let's regroup. So, we, Andre, you come on to talk about the Bengals. The Bengals, uh, not what we wanted. However, however, after Burrow coming from being hurt, start the season got into a little bit of a groove browning came uh, got hurt again browning comes in first game is what it is he kind of gets into a somewhat of a groove well let's let's start with some positives what did what did we learn about this team positive with the injuries to those yeah to Burrow? so i think first things first is you know you got a solid backup quarterback going into next year right like we we didn't know who Jake Browning was. We never see him. We've never seen him play for any extended amount of time uh, in any sort of game that really mattered. And um, you know he beat out Trevor Simeon in the preseason, and everybody was like, "Well, he kind of won that by default because Simeon was just garbage." Uh, and so, you know, I think Bengals fans in in general, if you were on social media during the time when Burrow actually went down and was ruled out for the year. Like it was all right. We've got four or five wins at that point in time. We should just tank the rest of the season and play for draft picks because Browning's not going to do anything. And this is going to be terrible. And they played that first game versus Pittsburgh. I think they lost 16 to 10 or whatever it was because they were trying to make Browning into Burrow and just run the Burrow offense. And that's not what Browning does. And so, um, 
you know, I think we absolutely learned that, all right, if the offense is tailored properly, you can get by with the Jake Browning for a couple of games here and there or a quarter or a half or whatever it is that you need in order to still be competitive. Um, I don't know if you learned a whole lot more than that. Um, I may, maybe that your, your coaches uh, have the ability to scheme around a different quarterback. Um, I think a lot of times as fans, we look at it and go, well, the only reason why they're any good is because Joe Burrow is a God. Right. And you know, Zach Taylor's not a great head coach or not, not a great game planner. And, you know, Brian Callahan, he doesn't even call plays. Like they just sit around and design stuff. And if it doesn't work, then Burrow just saves them and, you know, whatever. But, you know, they went, they went four and three with a completely and totally unproven quarterback and were one win away from being in the playoffs. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty significant uh in the in the grand scheme of things when you think about it how about i i said in the very beginning of this when we did this podcast in the beginning we were talking about jake browning and i'm going to bring this up again because we were also talking about chase brown and i said both of them i said i think jake browning if he would have got he i wanted to see him with the first string offense because i thought he looked great in the preseason i thought he looked great and I was talking about how I thought Chase Brown was this electric guy, and if, what, how far, how long would it take until he he beat out Joe Mixon? Were my exact words, and you said that'll never happen. He didn't beat out Joe Mixon. You were correct, but tell me that dude didn't turn out to be a lightning rod for this team at times. No, he was he was great. My my concern was the coaching staff and their philosophy around the running back room, right? It wasn't that Chase Brown isn't talented or that Chase Brown doesn't bring an element to the the to the team that Mixon or anybody else on in, in the running back room uh has. It's more so their heavy reliance on Joe Mixon. I mean, almost to the point of like Mixon Mixon was carrying the ball something ridiculous like 90% of the time before Chase Brown really started getting involved. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous the amount of carries this dude was getting on a dude in, you know, his sixth year, seventh year in the league, eighth year in the league. You're like, you can't do that to a running back who's who's that old um, and continue to lean on him, but they did. And then once they, you know, started working Chase Brown in after his injury and he, you know, they started working him into the game plan. And I think part of that too was Jake Browning needed that outlet of being able to throw some screens and do some things, then that kind of opened up, you know, the offense and the opportunities for Chase Brown to show what he brought to the table. Yeah. I love, I, 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 uh, I really like, really like that kid. Um, doesn't matter what I said all the way back then, because I came in last place on our bet. Uh, and I have to sing this week, I, I was just thinking, I just turned my iPad on. I wanted to get this over with and do it before we started talking bangles. So we either continue to talk bangles or I get this thing over with real quick. What do you no, guys want? We got to continue to talk bangles. I like I like okay. the build up of anticipation. Okay. All right. Let's see how long the All people right. hang with us. 
Oh yeah. No, well, I mean, if it's to get to hear me sing uh, acapella over uh, in uh, you know out here, then they'll probably hang on for hours if need be, uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, so can we kind of break it down a little bit, kind of like what you just did, but go by start with the defense. Maybe we go defense, offense. On the defensive side, just a just a general evaluation of how you felt about the season and more people who stood out fine, but most importantly, what positions need to be upgraded in the off season, whether it's through the draft or, or a free agency or whatever. Sure. Um, I think my general reaction to the defense was surprise. Um, I have come to expect a certain level of performance from them for the past couple of years. I've, I've learned to expect them to kind of come out, fill you out in the first half and then just completely shut you down and smother you in the second half uh, create a lot of turnovers, uh, just do things that disrupt, you know, really, uh, really high end or high octane offenses. You, you got the, you know, Ludini, um, you know, the 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 mad scientist, Lou Anarumo, like all the different nicknames and whatnot that we we gave to him over the last couple of years. And to watch that defense this year, it was outside of Trey Hendrickson. It was terrible. Like, they allowed Mike, Hill. Them. Mike Hill was fun to watch. He was fun, but they were terrible. I mean, terrible. as a, as a terrible. defense as a whole, they were awful. They allowed the most explosive plays, um, and explosive play being anything fifteen over fifteen yards by run or pass, and and it wasn't close. I mean, at all. They were in like eighties or ninety plays or something stupid, and the next closest team was like fifty or sixty plays. So. Um, yeah, it it wasn't the it wasn't the normal defense that you expect from from them. Um, I thought it was good to see Cam Taylor Britt continue, you know, while he was healthy, continue to be that you know lockdown number one cornerback. Um, you know, Trey Hendrickson goes without saying that dude's a freaking monster. I mean, he's an absolute monster, uh, and especially to to not have the help that other defensive guys have in, in the, I mean, you look at TJ Watts defensive line, his counterparts, you look at miles um, Garrett's counterparts in uh, Cleveland, um, you know, just guys who, who come to mind as top end defensive ends who just wreck games. And my man was pretty much doing it by himself uh, from that perspective. Now, TJ reader also, did a fantastic job on the inside, but he's a dude more unsung. You don't really, he's not stacking the stat sheet, but he's taking on two and three blockers and doing all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But outside of, you know, those dudes, I thought the linebackers were super disappointing this year. Um, I was, I was pretty happy to have Pratt back and to pair him with Wilson. Um, but I thought both of them at times looked uh, out of, out of place um, unprepared, uh, caught off guard, flat-footed. I mean, they, they just didn't look good. And then the safety room was maybe the worst experiment of all because we thought, all right, well, you lose Von Bell and Jesse Bates, and we know those are two big pieces to lose. But you got Dax Hill coming in as a first-round pick with a year in the system, and then you sign the guy from the Rams. I'm, I can't, I'm blanking on his name right now. But you signed a guy from the Rams 
um, thinking, all right, uh, you put those two dudes together, we should be all right. And it got so bad that Jordan Battle, third round, you know, safety came in and started actually taking playing time away and eventually became the starter. Um, one of the things, if you looked in the, I think it was the Pittsburgh game, uh, the second time, uh, one of their wide receivers takes off and Cam Taylor Britt jams him and gets beat to the inside. But his thought process was, that's all right, I got safety help over the top and ended up being some like 65-yard touchdown pass. But that was because Dax Hill ran the wrong way. So, you know, Lou Anarumo came out and said afterwards, man, we've run that, we've run that, all that play 400 times, and he still ran the wrong way. Like, I, that tells you, that tells me all I need to know about uh, Dax Hill and his development in that in that safety room and how much they miss Jesse Bates and Von Bell, right? Uh I thought, I thought uh, cornerback from Michigan, uh, rookie uh, number twenty. I can see every know everything about him except for his name, um, DJ I uh, Turner. I thought uh, DJ Turner. Turner played well the first part of the year, but I think he kind of hit a rookie wall. So I'll be very interested to see if he kind of takes that second year leap, and then you could potentially have Cam Taylor Britt on one side, him on the other side with uh, Mike Hilton still in the slot. Um, and I think that would be that would be good. Um, interested interested to see if Miles Murphy takes a step forward. He would be you know the first round pick from last year. Um, because if he doesn't, I, I'm not sure where they're getting getting pass rush from. Um, so if you're looking at hey where where can they improve? I think it starts up front with uh, defensive tackle, and they probably need two of them. Um, because right now, DJ Reader is not signed. I don't think Tupo is signed. Uh, you really only have BJ Hill, who's under contract, and nobody else really to push the middle of of the defensive line. So um, that might actually be my, my biggest need, even before we get to offense. That might be my biggest need of the whole team is uh, defensive tackle. There you go. Okay. Very thorough evaluation there. Um, offensively then I, I simple enough. Yeah, I think, I think um, in general, the offense was, it was fun to watch, you know, kind of the evolution of the offense. Um, I think we were all pretty panicked after that first Cleveland game and, it was like, oh, my God, like, bro, can't move, and this offense looks like trash, and this is going to be <laughs> terrible, and, oh, it was bad, man. Um, the sky was falling, and, uh, yeah, it was bad. Um, but then, you know, Burrow got a little healthier. Things started to look a bit more like normal. They handled San Francisco, which was like, okay, here we go. Now, now we're about to start getting this thing rolling. And then, you know, uh, Burrow goes down again, and – I give the coaches credit for, you know what, a Jake Browning isn't Joe Burrow. Let's design an offense that fits him and helps him be successful. Um, and I think that's why Callahan is getting as many interviews as he is right now, less so because of how they've performed under Burrow the last two years, but more so how they performed for the last seven games under Jake Browning and how they had to evolve and how he had to help 
him and develop him and 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 change that offense around so that they could be successful. Um, just in general, Chase is Chase is amazing. Um, still, Jamar, uh, super fun to watch. Uh, incredibly dominant talent on the outside. Um, trying to think what else was good. I, I mean, as many times as they ran them and as non-explosive as he is, I thought Joe Mixon had at least a decent season. I think he averaged four yards a carry, you know, over a thousand yards, had a bunch of touchdowns. Um, I don't know that I would have run him from a percentage standpoint as high as they did. Um, but I, I was pleasantly surprised to see that for the amount of carries that they gave him, he didn't really wear down as much as I had expected um, from the pace that he was on at the beginning of the year. Um, Tanner What's Hudson it? was the bright. Tanner Hudson was a bright spot from the tight end perspective. Um, we needed we. That's that was a big thing going in. Is is yeah. who who's he going to throw? You need that tight end. Yeah. So I thought I thought Tanner Hudson did a really good job. I thought uh, Drew Sample. Maybe not not necessarily as the receiving tight end, but the the work that he did as uh, basically becoming Samaje Piran and being, you know, that H back blocking back to do who's standing next to Burrow, uh, picking mm -hmm. up blockers, taking on full grown defensive ends by himself. Um, I thought he did a fantastic job. Um, yeah. And I think so if you go from that to things that you look for from a disappointment standpoint, um, T. Higgins had had a rough year in a contract year um, between performance and injury. Just not great. I think he played like 53% of the snaps this year or something like that. Uh, it was just, it. Uh, I thought Tyler Boyd was a bit underwhelming. I, I am, I, we have become used to him being just a dominant slot receiver. Right. He and, missed a lot of pass. He I'm, he dropped yeah. like four or five passes this year. He had like one drop pass in two and a half years. Yeah. Before that, and, and threw an interception. Yeah. That's an Callahan's fault, though. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing the ball back and forth across that the field. That play call was ridiculous. <laughs> don't ever do that. Uh, in inside your own twenty, like don't ever do that. That's dumb. Crazy. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I was. He he took a step back for for me. Um. I, I thought Orlando Brown was okay. Um, not not great, not dominant. Uh, I think at some point he hurt his groin, and so that kind of hampered him a little bit. But um, I think I probably had a little bit higher expectation for him than what his performance dictated. Um, and Irv Smith was garbage. I was disappointed in Ir with Irv Smith because I thought in preseason there, like it, he he just seemed like that big big tight end that was going to be what Tanner Hudson ended up being, uh, and yeah, that was that was a big disappointment. Uh, what about but uh, uh, Usiavi, whatever that kid's name is, he was fun to watch every now and then when he got to get in there. Andre, what's that guy's name? Andre Yoshibas. Yosivach. That's Yoshi. it. Yoshi. 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 Yochi, yeah. I can never say it. Just I'm getting old, man. Makes I'm it getting easy. old. I'll, yeah, I'll call him. All right. That's, yeah, but I don't want to be. I don't want everybody That's to right. mistake for the for he's the, the probably the he's best. the one making lots of money. I am not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought he was. I thought he was fun. Um, I will. I, I I do need to go back and give credit to uh, Jonah Williams. He took. He takes a lot of heat. 
you only talk about him when he gives up sacks. Nobody ever talks about when he has really good games and shuts out all these other people. You know, Miles Garrett has beaten a ton of people in his career. TJ Watt has beaten a ton of people in his career. But I thought from Jonah not having played right tackle since freshman year at Alabama to make the move not only physically but mentally from left tackle to right tackle, I thought he played admirably um, and and did a pretty good job throughout the season. I don't think they'll bring him back, but I think he did a pretty good job for what he was asked to do. What is this offensive line? What uh, where where does that where is the offensive line going to look like next year compared to this year? Are we going to go through? A, I, a complete... I think they bring as far as the Bengals are concerned. I think they bring back four of the five starters. Everybody's under contract next year. Um, Harris, Kappa, Volson, um, and so we're good with that. Though. We're not looking to to outside of maybe the right tackle. We're not looking to 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 boost this up anywhere. So. If I could find an upgrade over Volson, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, I think he's just too inconsistent and uh, plays with a very high pad level for being as big as he is, um, and that can get him that can get him in trouble. Um, so if they could find somebody to compete with him to to take that left left guard position, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, and I do think you need to start grooming somebody to fill that center spot. Um, I mean, Karras is getting older, 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there. Um, and I don't know that we have a viable backup to center on the roster. Like Trey Hill has been inactive since he's been here and the dude's been on the team for like three years. So um, I, if Karras were to go down for some reason, I think they cross-trained Max Sharping uh, to to take that spot, but he's a free agent, so I don't know that you have a yeah. really viable backup uh, on the roster. Okay, well, so that'll be interesting. Well, oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. So, so if your first choice for an upgrade is defensive tackle, what is your second choice? Um. Well, you're gonna to have to replace Jonah Williams at right tackle. Um because that's I don't a big, that's a big spot because we tried to do it two years ago and that didn't work. And then we just moved over our number one draft pick and that worked, but he's gonna be gone. Right. Um and technically speaking, you don't have anybody to play the position right now at all. So uh, you know, there's a couple of ways of, of going about it. You can uh look at free agency, trying to get somebody, you know middle of the road from a cost perspective and probably from a performance perspective. Um, I think they're projecting Jonah somewhere between 16 and 20 mil a year. And I, they're just not going to pay that kind of money for, for a right for him. Uh, plus they're looking for a different body type. You look at um, Orlando Brown, huge guy. You look at Volson, huge guy. You look at Kappa and Karras, still just giant humans. And Jonah is more slight, more um, athletic, uh, has better movement, but just not a big body, big body dude. And I think that's what they're looking for. Um, so I, I would say they look, you know, in, from free agency perspective for somebody like that, and then back that up with either a first or second round pick you know, based upon grades and evaluation and how they fall. But 
Um, and that's, that's what you do there. And then I think the other big thing that they would consider is, uh, you know, do you tag T? That's what I was just going to say. What, what, what does that go? Do you try to trade him now? Do you try to trade T Higgins? Because oh, if you tag him, you either sign him or you're going to trade him. You can't lose. You can't get nothing for him. Right. So my philosophy is probably different than what the Bengals will do. My Based upon what Burrow said in his last interview, which was like, yeah, we expect T to be here next year. Like We expect T back. Um, I believe the Bengals would tag T, ride a pay him 20 million, 21 million, whatever that tag is, and ride that for the year. I would not do that. I would tag T and trade T. Um, and then go out and sign, you know, some decent wide receiver, vet veteran wide receiver or two, and then look to the draft to, you know continue to uh, groom somebody to, to make, to take that next step. Um, I would, I would not pay T. I mean, I love T. I love what T, I love who T is. I love what T brings to the table in the four years that T Higgins has played for the Bengals. He has played an average of 63% of the snaps per year. Less than you know, over a third of the time he's not on the football field. And that's without being the number one guy getting the most right. targets and all that. Correct. Surprises me still. So, you know, I think the most amount of snaps he's played in his years in his career is like 68% of the snaps. I mean, he's just not durable. And unfortunately, it's soft tissue. So it's all it always seems to be a hamstring issue that keeps coming back, keeps coming back, keeps coming back. Uh, those things tend to repeat themselves. And uh, as much as I love his production and as much as I love what he brings, I don't know that I can justify paying $20 million for a dude who's only going to be on the field two-thirds of the time. This is probably going to be a dumb question, but can you can you fill one of those needs with a trade for him and probably other things? <clears throat> So you can, I mean, you can fill it either through uh, draft capital, right? Um, or if you could work out a trade for a player, player for player type of type of situation where somebody, you know, maybe has, not that anybody has any extra right tackles laying around or any extra, I mean, maybe somebody might have an extra defensive tackle um, type of type of situation, but uh a tag is a big number and 20 million to anybody's bottom line is going to be pretty tough to swallow. Um, and, you know, it, I'm not saying it's impossible. It happens. Um, and that would certainly be what I would be looking for. You probably could get, I mean, like call Carolina. They need, you know, Bryce Young is in desperate need of some sort of wide receiver. They got the 33rd pick, which is exactly where T Higgins was taken, you know, four years ago. Hey, we'll we'll give you T. Higgins for your second and your fifth, right? Yeah. And then I go out, I sign a couple of dudes uh, in free agency and draft my T replacement at thirty three. Hmm. Okay. 
Um, Chris, anything else about this season? I really thought, I really did. You guys were all talking about they lost three games pretty quick, but they held on to that. That three game, I, I, I was in this for a while longer sure. than uh, than was expected. I think. Yeah, I'll tell you. Sure. Okay, so so Andre was at twelve and five. You were at fourteen and three, Chris, and I was at eleven and six. Ended up nine and eight. Um, you guys tied. You both had ten correct picks on our weekly week by week picks. I had nine. So I lost that part. Thank God you lost the the total. <laughs> Thank God there wasn't a tie. <laughs> um, so anyway, it, yeah, it wasn't bad. You did you did hang in there for a while, and um, you know it was just the end of the the end of the season. Really, those last four or five games that you, uh, you know, you, you kind of slipped away from you. But sure. Um, anyway, uh, so I mean, look, is there is there a better uh, transition into you paying up on your bet? No, it's time. I'm ready. It's entertainment time, ladies and gentlemen. It's entertainment. So, so uh, we've talked about this man on the podcast before. I believe you. I don't know if you opened up for him. I think you said you didn't like him. Is one of those don't ever meet your uh, heroes, right? Is this a Brian guy talk? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh. This is I one of my. <laughs> this is one of this is one of my uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite songs. Absolutely love this joint. Whenever it comes on the radio, I'm the loudest person in the car. Yes, uh, I'm not going to be the loudest person today because I'm in a hotel, and I don't want to wake up. I, I just don't want to, uh, you know, have them call the law because it sounds like right. somebody's getting murdered. All right, or you don't want to have a crowd of fans outside your door when you get up in the morning. Asking for autographs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Throngs of fans. <laughs> Throngs. It's I. You would know the words because you have them. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna do back at one mm. mm-hmm. by Mr. Brian McKnight. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me take a drink here. And if I mess up how the song goes here, I got the words, so I don't screw the words up. But if I mess up the ins and outs and the highs and lows, I apologize. And professionals, yeah, and professional singers always drink Miller Lite out of a out of a water thermos. Uh, well, if I had Miller Lite, it would be a Miller Lite right here. No, this is this is <laughs> great crystal light. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Can you hear me if I'm if I'm like this this line? You good? Loud, good? Loud and clear, my friend. Loud and clear. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. Here we go. Man, I've been singing this all day, and I was like, "What do I be nervous about? This is I love. There's no reason to be nervous. I sing this. I, I could care less about anything." It's undeniable that we should be together. I don't even sing like this when I'm singing it regular. I try I get into it too much. That's for not the reason. next line. <laughs> I know it's not. <laughs> it's unbelievable how I used to say that I'd fall never. The basis is need to know if you don't know. Ju- uh, see, I screwed it up. If you don't know just how, then let me show you now that I'm for real. If all things in time, time will reveal. Yeah, one, you're like a dream come true. Two, 
Just wanna be with you three. And girl, it's plain to see that you're the only one for me and four. Repeat steps one through three, five. Make you fall in love with me. And if ever I believe my work is done, then I'll start back at one. It's can I stop there? Yes, that's, that's, not even stop there. <laughs> that's not my favorite part. My, I'm gonna skip. Hey, you can get the hey, do it, son. Well, to the dark and night, I see the coming of the sun, and I feel like a little child whose life has just begun. You came and breathed new life into this lonely heart of mine. You threw out the lifeline. Just in the nick of time. <laughs> all right, that's all you get. Excellent, excellent. Well done. Well done. I had to, you got, I, you got. That's the best line in the whole thing. That throw out the light. I had to get. I had to hit the high note. It cannot be. That's right. I had to hit the high note. Did uh, Did Brian McKnight sing that song when you met him? Do you remember? Um. Yeah. To. It's like one of his top three. Did you meet him before he went on or after? Uh, So one time before, one time after. Oh, okay. Both times, asshole. Part of my language. (laughs) No, both times. (laughs) Full on jerk, for sure. What a bummer. Never meet your heroes. Unless it's Andre Edwards, because that's yeah. always a good. That's that's I. That's <laughs> yeah. Me and my boys talk about Brian McKnight all the time, like all the time, like that. Dude, <laughs> such a jerk, such a jerk, man. Have you uh, have you ever met somebody kind of famous that you were really like, you were like, oh my gosh, that dude's awesome? Afterward. Um. Hmm. That's yeah, a good question. Spot. Um. Boys to Men is pretty cool. Um, did I know you met boys to men? So when I was in college, we like Spike Lee used to do this, uh, gala in New York every year and, um, Morehouse, Morehouse Glee Club sang for, uh, as, as part of the festivities. And then we got yeah. to go to the reception afterwards. And, uh, so boys to men was there and, in the audience and then we're, we're at the reception afterwards and they were super cool. That's awesome. Excellent. That's I feel like boys, the men would great. be awesome. I feel like, like they just seem like good people. Yeah. From, from what I could tell, I mean, you know, uh, we interacted maybe 10, 15 minutes, but I, I thought they were pretty chill. Very cool. Have you seen Wanye Morris's sons have a group? Did you uh, see that? First of all, you know, they're all named Wanye, right? I, I, yes, I did hear that. Like George oh, Foreman's a, kids. Is this a all George Foreman thing? Yeah, all of them are named Wanye. I think they're called Juan Moore is the name of their group. Uh, so Wanye like Moore, so Juan Moore. Um, they're amazing. And and his old, I think is the oldest, maybe not his oldest, but that, there's one of them that sounds dead on Wanye. I mean, they... If you closed your eyes, you would think it was Wanye singing. It's insane. I just found out about them like a month ago, maybe. And I've seen a couple clips since then. And they are good. They're good. I think they just came out 
I think they just came out with a like a single that is I, I want to say it's Please Don't Go maybe. Yep. Which yep. is that it? Which is one of my favorite boys the men's. I yep. love that song so Same. much and so it was so cool to see them sing that song. Yeah. Oh my god, Same. I love that. Yeah, it was good. Very good. Yeah. Oh, okay. When was the last time you sang professionally in front of somebody? Professionally? Well, to you know, make, older, like like in in front of a like a like for, with yeah. a group. Not, you not just like you had we, to do a we did the national anthem for the Bengals game in 2016, uh, 2017, 16, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that was probably the the last like big, it was like 60, 60,000, 65,000 there for that game. Um, that was like you guys get big. When's the last time that you went and performed as a group? Besides that, was that, that it? Yeah. When is when's it coming back? When's it lived in Atlanta now? Um, yeah, in life, man, life. Sure. Yep. So when all your kids are older and grown up and done, are we going to have a debonair uh, resurgence? We keep we keep threatening a debonair reunion of some sort. Um, with you know, with technology now allowing you to be able to be remote and and do things, um, but who knows, man. Hey, if I ever get married, I want to hire you guys to sing at oh, my done. wedding. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, buddy. You're safe. That was you the, don't have to worry about it. Me, that was the safest. That was the safest done you've ever given out. You will never have to sing at a wedding. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you probably don't have to worry about that. Anyway, the amount of times I've heard Adam say, "I just don't want to get married." I look. I'm not close to it. I'm not totally close to it. I'm just very, very, very picky. It's too he much to for me to be house. And he I, still all, gets his I like, house. I like the immediate backpedal of, I'm not close to it. I'm not very close to it. I'm too, <laughs> <laughs> just Wait, hold on. I, I am close to it. I just want to be clear about that. I'm just not <laughs> all the way close to it. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. What are you going to do? Uh, the, you know, uh, Bumble's not working out for me lately, but it's going to be fine. It's gonna be fine. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you got the hinges and the and the real big fish and all them other ones out there. I'm on all of them, man. They everybody farmers only. I mean, like, bro, you farmers be only. J date for the for the Jewish yeah. folks. I'm. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, we got one more thing to do. If yeah. You, if you're up for it, if you prepare, I got it. Mount Rushmore of current NFL head coaches. So for everybody listening, you guys know this, but. Anybody who's lost their job or retired or anything in the last since the season ended, not eligible. So, so like actually current on a roster head coaches. Yep. You are our guest. Please, the floor is yours. Um, in no particular order. Um, my four Mount Rushmore coaches would be Andy Reid. Uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, Harbaugh, and Shanahan. All right, Chris. So I got to say that Mike Tomlin, not just the fact that he's Pittsburgh's coach. Uh, we had this conversation last week. We'd, me and Adam just talked about this. Yeah. I have waited for a – for a coach to 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 
interfere with a play on the field is the most annoying thing in the entire world. I used to think that Mike Tomlin was a guy that I would love to have in Cincinnati. Yep. That after that day, gone. The, the, you can't come back from that to me. That is a that's a hard one for me to no, to I get it. I, step out I, I understand I understand your I understand your reasoning behind why that would eliminate him from your Mount Rushmore, hypothetically speaking. Um, doesn't mean he's a bad coach. The guy's an unbelievable coach. He took an absolutely terrible team to the playoffs yet again. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm to never have a losing season in the NFL was, is yeah, freaking crazy. insane. Yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, with some of the – as on the offensive side, like the last years of Ben Roethlisberger were terrible. And the last and two Kenny years of Kenny Pickett, Pickett were terrible. Mason so, Rudolph, let's go down the yeah. list. <laughs> the fact that he can, you know, come out 50-50 when they were 16 games or 9-8 and eight since there have been 17 games with that mm-hmm. roster? I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I just cannot put him up there because of that. Just, it just irritates me to no end. Uh, who was the guy in college? There's a guy in college that did it too. And if you ever told me that he would be a coach for if my son would never play for you in college if you ever stepped on a field and tripped somebody while they're running down a field like that. There's no way I don't that that's not the kind of guy that I want coaching my son. Anyway, um so I'm I'm pretty close to the same. So Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh for sure, uh just longevity and the 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 where they are all the time they're always at the top um and then i'm gonna go so tough from there because you know you've got guys like sean mcveigh kyle shanahan uh who is after that i don't even know who you would start going after that so I guess I'm going to go Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh. Um, who else did I say? I didn't say anybody else. I only, remember, I? I only remember those two. No, you didn't say anybody else. Well, then I guess I got to go with McVay and uh, Shanahan. There is nobody else that I would put. You can't put anybody else up there yet. I mean, who who would you put up? Um, there's no one that's been around to uh, long enough to be on a Mount Rushmore. Right. And quick well, question, that's the, the point of the John point. Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. What a, I got this guy in my head. Yeah, whichever Harbaugh it is, I don't know who either one of them are. Did you? This how dude, good is did it you to be a Harbaugh you, right now? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear what uh, Harbaugh's got? All this stuff that he's demanding to be in his contract and all immunity. this. Like, I want yes. immunity. Full immunity. This dude is. This dude is. He is something. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to negotiate my next contract, my next job. I want yep. full immunity. If I decide Does, to have a complete jackass, full immunity. From Nothing. getting fired? Is that what he means? Yeah. How do you you can't you can't have that in your contract? Well, so, that's like that's like Cat well, Williams saying he had he had what's his name has to be in a dress. In a dress. Next hey, Smiley has to be in a dress. dress. Smiley in a movie with me. Smiley's got to be in a dress. Period. Because <laughs> that's the only that's the only believable character he could play is a woman. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, that did you watch that three hours or did you just see little clips of it? 
I couldn't do three hours. I did multiple clips, but I couldn't do three hours. I've done a bunch of clips. My man. I'm going to tell you this story, Andre. I've told this story so many times. I loved Cat Williams. Like Friday after next, and I loved his stand-up. He came to the Cintas Center, and my sister got me tickets. So me, my sister, her husband, my wife, we all go down to the Cintas Center. I'm talking one of the funniest shows of my life that I've ever been to. Uh, Michael Blackston was there. Nice. Uh, um, I, there, there was a couple other that Phase were there. On with love, him. right? Yeah, Phase on Love was there, and uh, the 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 chick. We just watched the special for me. That's who the chick was. Uh, who was the one talking about being on a plane? Short hair. Remember, she was like. Uh, She's talking about uh, what was her name? God dang it. It doesn't matter. Unbelievable. First three acts. The best, best comedy I've been at. Cat Williams comes on stage and bombs the first couple jokes. And there's a couple boos come out. He puts the mic down, starts arguing with the with the crowd. I'm from Avondale. Blah, 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 blah. And Call says somebody to come to the front. This guy walks up to the stage. He puts the mic down, starts arguing with the guy with no microphone. He's arguing with a fan in front. It was the worst, absolute worst thing I've ever seen. I can't like it. I lost total respect for him. Like tripping a player on the field. It was yes. (laughs) I lost total respect for him. Lost total respect. Anyway, that boy, he's he he he's something else. He's something else. He's a lot of things. A lot of things. It's a lot of things. A lot of things. All Don't right. talk about my All man right. Luda. Don't talk getting... about anybody, just not Luda. Hey. Talk about hey. Luda. Come on, <laughs> that's, that's my boy. boy man. That's my guy. <laughs> um, okay. All right. We could I could talk about Cat Williams because I watched the whole three out. I could talk about that forever because he's insane to me. But anyway, um <laughs> everybody's got his back. Like it's he keep, like they keep finding things that were right, and that's the problem, is I think he threw enough legit things in there that the rest of it just blow your mind good uh, and now he's now he's got uh kevin hart's ex-wife on tour with him i heard that's bad like, dude come on that's bad take it easy all right andy reed does not have kevin hart's wife on uh the sideline with him but he's the number one for me i think he does uh, have taylor swift he's got taylor swift on his side he doesn't need kevin hart's ex-wife um, yeah, I, I, I felt a lot better about mine as Andre went because my first three were Andy Reid, Jim, John Harbaugh. I said Jim too, John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. Chris almost talked me out of Mike Tomlin because of that. I totally forgot about that until he said that last week. I did watch the video though before this, it wasn't as bad as I remembered. So, um, it doesn't have and, to be bad, it doesn't have to be bad, it just still, has to be intentional. It's still, but it still looks like there's a chance it wasn't though. I don't know why he had his back turned to the play. But get out of here. He was watching it on the big screens and he had a foot on the field. Quit. Quit. It's his team's fault if they would have made the tackle, but way back there, it wouldn't have happened. And he wouldn't have had to step out and tackle a guy. He didn't tackle. He got out. He jumped out of the way. He just nuts. They give him the brush. He did enough. He it's that's that's enough. I think a couple so it's okay for now. Next time there's a next time that they're in when I'm coaching my son's baseball team, we play constantly. Next time, uh, I'll I'll just take a kid and I'll 
push them out of the way when a ground ball is coming to third and I'm coaching third. Let the ball come down. I won't push him. I'll just somehow just being obvious. Somehow I'll fall into the field of play and just barely touch him. But I, I just I had my back turned. I don't know what's going on. He's rounding third. You just turn and look at home while he's rounding. And if your foot happens to step into the baseline (laughs) while you're that, that's not on you. (laughs) How did you know that that kid would be running in that precise spot at that precise time? I don't know. (laughs) See, unintentional. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I do. I love to listen to Mike Tomlin's press conferences and stuff. I don't care to watch a, a game, but I like I like to listen to that guy talk. He's he's. Uh, yeah, I would run through a wall for that dude. Yeah, like, just to he's, listen he's to so that. motivational. He's, he's like, yeah. yeah, him and uh, the dude for the tiger or for the tigers for the lions. Like when those dudes, would, if yeah. I was in a locker room, those dudes started talking. Cool, let's go. Yeah, you sure. know what? Those were my first three, and I I had like four names down. Uh, to choose from, since you just said that in the 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 season they had this year, I'm going Dan Campbell. Let's yeah. do it. Yes, Campbell soup, baby. That's it. Yeah. Let's Campbell's break dead, legs man. and bite kneecaps and chew on babies. Whatever he said he was going to do when he got hired. <laughs> Cat Williams said somebody else chews on babies, right? He did all Dude. the Illuminati Dude. stuff and ridiculous. Hey, set seven of them got seven of them got light skinned wives that are broken face. That are That's ugly. all I know. Uh, ugly you hear me ugly you kidding me don't say that about people <laughs> and they all roll together all of them <laughs> yep. yeah. and the industry gave them to them or something like yeah. that like, yeah. yep gosh cat so fun so fun all right well look we started this thing a little bit early because we always keep you up until you know the middle of the night so we're going to let you go so it's not too late so we can take advantage of this time saving business. If Debonair needs a uh, if Deb you know a- after they listen to this podcast and if they need a feature feel free to reach out. I'm here for you guys, man. Whatever I can do to help. We appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. We might be opening up for you in the grand scheme, you know. Just saying. That's Just the saying. same that's the same yes to my uh yes, we'll do your wedding. That's the same. <laughs> Zero chance on all of it. <laughs> all right, boys, it's been fun. Andre, Thanks, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Andre Edwards, 08. You're still. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. 06. 06. 06. Yeah. I'm sorry. We've yeah. both gotten it wrong now. All right. <laughs> at, at x.com or, at, or what, Twitter x. Whatever it is. A, B, C, D, whatever it is. Andre Edwards, 06. Follow him on Twitter. He does Bengal stuff. Uh, Keep up on his uh, son's injuries. Thank God they're almost back to soccer. Um, so so now you'll be getting some updates next soccer season. You'll be getting some updates. And then once they make the U.S. men's national team, then you'll be able to see all that stuff too. Let's go. I can't wait. <laughs> all right, boys. Thanks, Andre. See you. See you. All right. There he is, Andre Edwards. It's always the best. We always get the most views and the most listens to these episodes when Andre's on. So thank you so much to him. <laughs> but also, no matter what, th- this is our favorite podcast. Every time we have him on two, three times a year, and uh, it's our favorite one. We always talk about it. Um, so we we love having that guy on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We touched on a little bit of comedy there, talking about Cat. So that's I think that's all we've got left, really, right? Yeah, let's let's do it. Do some uh, unless you had anything happen. You're on the road, buddy. Anything yeah, today? No, no road stories today. Nothing crazy. Nothing right. crazy today. 
well, before we jump into Pete Davidson, uh, Pete Davidson, Turbo Fonzarelli, Turbo Fonzarelli. Before we jump into that, you and I got to see Nate Bargetti live in person in an arena last weekend. Where's it ranked for you? First of all, how did you love the show or not like the show? How did you like the show? And where does it rank for you as far as live performances of comedy? Um, I went and saw him here in Columbus once, and that was awesome. He was the 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 two openers that opened for him was the guys that do his podcast with him. They were unbelievable. He was great. Um, this would be just behind that probably because there was something about the. Uh, the first couple guys, like the the, I will. They, they they were okay. Those guys were okay. I think they might have been a little nervous being in, until they weren't still used to the arena setting and the the round uh, stage. I wasn't used to the round stage. That was hard for me to get used to looking at somebody's back some of the time. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I guess you can sell more seats, right? So yeah, do it that I way. Liked, I was I was glad to be able to see somebody in the round. I've never gotten to see that in person. Yeah. I always kind of thought that was cool. I, I I like it honestly. I think like I love it. I love watching it on a special. Like I think I always think of Dane Cook's one of one of Dane Cook's specials that he does like that. That's the one I always think of with that. Special and circle. I love it was awesome. Yeah. Um but I'm always looking at him. Something about looking at somebody's back. It's a little weird. But no, no, I thought, dude, Nate was awesome. That dude is, he is so funny. That he was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, the last guy that came on right before him was pretty good. No, I had a blast, dude. It was, I mean, Nate, Nate is, I don't know that he's ever had a bad show. I don't know that he can have a bad show. He's very solid. Very God, very he's good. so good. Very yeah. polished. The dude's very polished. Yep. Yeah, he's uh yeah, I agree. It was awesome. I I I love the show. I thought all of his I thought all of his openers. He had he had a host and three openers. And I yeah. I told you that. I was like he's going to have four dudes go up before him. This is this show's going to be 6 hours long. We're going to get home at 3 in the morning. They all went 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, so it was, it was it really quick. Yeah. Yeah, and then Nate came out and did his hour or whatever and um and it's good and I think it's it's probably I'm guessing when we see the special that these jokes are on, it's going to be even more polished. I think it's going to be a little bit, it's probably going to be even better, which is crazy to think because he'll, he'll, he'll keep working on that stuff for a little bit. And then, you know, maybe sometime this year in 2024, shoot whatever he's got. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Yeah. That was, that was super fun. Uh, Seeing, seeing Mikey and Corey and, uh, and uh, going to Skyline with you guys, that was the best part. Going to Skyline. Go, anytime you go to Skyline, it's always the best part. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you and I um, really let ourselves go after that. And we started, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to say it. I'm outing both of us. I mean, we went <laughs> we went nuts. We went, okay, you didn't. You stayed in the car. And you're like, Adam, come on, man. You got to stop this this eating junks. And I, I, talked like, to you, I, I told you. I told you when we got in the car. I said, my son's got pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And I want to get him a shake on the way home, but I don't want to do it if you're if you're struggling. I don't want to. Now, if you're not going to be able to do it, and you didn't get a shake, did you? I did not. No, but you got chocolate 
glazed uh, Kit Kat. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I did, and some Reese's sticks, and uh, yes, you did. did the caramel, else. the caramel Reese's, the caramel. Yeah, we got we got another caramel Reese's. Yeah, it's hard when you walk into something like that. No, I know. It was it was a special like fun evening. That was how I party. <laughs> I I even said that. That's my alcohol. Yeah. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I did. Yep. I let loose. Um. Anyway, that was super fun. All right. Pete Davidson. Yes, Pete Davidson. Adam, I am super excited to hear what you think about this. I'll I'll still I'll go first. I'll tell Please, you. Yes. I'm interested in you. We have watched uh a couple Pete Davidsons. Two or just the one? Maybe uh, just one. I know the last where his suit one. was too big and he looked like he was real shaky and jittery and never really finished a joke. Mm-hmm. He looked like a comedian. In this special, I feel like his jokes were all put together pretty well. He he was much more confident on stage. Like he didn't seem nervous whatsoever. Maybe he's he's not on as many drugs as he used to be, so that changes things. He talked about that a lot. Um, that way, I loved it, dude. I I really did. I thought it was good. It's, it's you want to talk? I mean, we talk about comedians crossing lines a lot. My man has no problem to say a lot of things, even even when it comes to his own mother, especially when it comes to his own mother. And uh, you know, that's his that's his wheelhouse, though, right? That's that's what he does, and he's good. I honestly thought he was really good in this. This was the one where I was like, I've I've been waiting for this dude to be good because I saw some stuff when he was young, real young, at the uh, uh, Laugh Out Loud. Is that in Toronto or something like that, or somewhere in Canada? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. and I saw a thing when he was real young. I was like, man, this dude's like, I think he's got this guy's kind of got something. And then he got real famous for just for dating chicks yeah. and looking weird. And it's like, all right, you know. And but watched him in uh, the Charlemagne the God interview, and and he's real kind of just a humble, quiet dude, right? He's not. What he always he kept saying, like, I just love to I just love too easy, right? Because <laughs> he kept saying in that thing. He seems like he, you know, it, it spotlight's tough for him, but is what it is. But I think he deep down he still was a good comedian, and it finally came out in this special. I think. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh I don't think it was a four, but it was right there. I'm gonna go like three nine. Okay. Right on. All right. Um, I agree with you that he he looked a lot better. He looked like a comedian. He that last special, he didn't even look like he belonged on a stage. I mean, he he was so unprepared. The jokes were not finished. It was, yeah, it it was it was not good. Um, and even his time on Saturday Night Live, I I've just never I've never felt like I could I could pick up on his comedy. I just could not relate to it or something. There was something it just wasn't for me. Um this was a better special than the last one. Not saying much, but better. And yes, the just the fact that it was his confidence and his his, you know, posture and he even did some like silly voices and stuff I don't remember seeing him do before. Mm-hmm. Um 
And he was super edgy, like you said, all the stuff about his mom, the stuff about the make a wish kid. And all that. <laughs> yeah. He killed a make a wish kid in his joke. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, he did, I mean, he really, I, I wrote these down. He, he kind of did five jokes the whole time. I Absolutely. had mom stuff, the make a wish, the stalker, the house hunting, and then the, uh, mom's Twitter account. And he, he just, he did a lot with all of those. Right. Yep. Um, I, you know, it just didn't, I just didn't laugh. You know, there's still too many. There's still too many jokes that I'm like, eh, that's kind of kind of easy. That's kind of an easy joke. Like, or it, I think he could, if he really thinks about it and like, I don't know how long he he's worked on that same material, but it seems like there's more to develop in some of these things still. Um, so I, I'm just, I don't know. I just can't connect with his with his humor for some reason. It's just not. Yeah. It's just that's why I was I was interested to see because I, 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 you know, we always talk about how you get you get you think about how you think about somebody. It's the same way that I am with Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, I just I just don't. There's something about that dude and the way he comes out and his delivery and everything like that, that I just I don't laugh. Yeah. I mean, I just is what it is. And I, I knew that I kind of felt like that was going to be how this was going to be with you. But I, I you have to admit that it was that it, he looked like a comedian again. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so for that reason, I give him a couple a couple of highs. I put a two four down. Oh, OK. I know. It's pretty, pretty less low. than half. All right. They I, mean, were, I, I, I get it. I get like it. Maybe like maybe twice he said something and I went, ha. And that was it. That was it. And then there were other times I'm just like, he does 10 straight minutes and I'm just, just staring at it. You know, I'm like, and the crowd laughs 15 times in those 10 minutes. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, good for the guy. I, I want him to be successful and all that. And gosh, his dating life's been super successful uh, <laughs> in some ways, but in some ways, in some ways, um, but anyway, it's, yeah, uh, it just, I don't know. It's just, I mean, good for him. I, I hope he keeps doing it and everything. And I hope he keeps getting better at some point. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll feel different. And I honestly, I went into this, I think with, with higher expectations, I, I kind of felt like, okay, I think this one's going to be better. And, uh, it was, it, it was, but just not enough for me, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's just not your, it's not your guy. Not my cup of not my cup of tea, I guess. Not your cup of Joe. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyway, uh, I don't know if you, if you don't have anything else, we can pick our stuff for next week. Right. Let you get let you get to let you get to bed. You had a long work day. You got, no, got a long, long day tomorrow. tomorrow. You're out of town. It's uh yeah, I I feel for you, man. You got to get some rest. No, it's it's all good. I still got a couple more price pages I got to put together after this. So no problem. Nice and easy. So we've got uh, comedy and Mount Rushmore Mm -hmm. to pick out for, for next week. Adam, you want to start us off? You want to give us what uh, you, what you're going to do for comedy while I look around the room and decide what I'm going to do for Mount Rushmore. I might have it already. So go ahead. Um, 
I'm going to go, let's stay on Netflix. There's another uh, brand new one that just came out this week, I believe. Uh, a guy who works uh, at least part-time on on his, on his Nate's podcast, not really for Nate or whatever, but he does. He goes on the podcast frequently now. Dusty Slay, who we I, I believe we've also, we've done, we did his last special, I'm pretty sure, yeah, on I think Netflix. We did. Yeah. And uh, I remember thinking it was great. I, I, as soon as I saw that guy, it was like, I saw that one and I was like, okay, I like this guy. Yeah. Um, called Working Man. I like it. Working Man. Working Man. I, like I see it right here. Yep. Good to go. All right. That's it. My, what do you got? Art, beautiful, my... beautiful hotel art, the Mount Rushmore of. I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. Yeah. That's on my Mount Rushmore, beautiful hotel art. Especially with my face in the middle. It kind of puts like one of those things, one of those 3D things like you have to focus your eyes on from where you're yeah, kids. Yeah. And then really, it turns... there's a train in the background. <laughs> yeah, shape comes up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so have we done the uh, Mount Rushmore of pizzas or pizza toppings? Ooh. I don't think pizzas. I'm trying to think pizza toppings. It feels like we had to have, but I don't remember. So let's do pizza toppings. Let's do pizza toppings. Because you want to do pizza toppings or do you want to do pizzas? No, pizza toppings. You remember when I told you that I was going to get a salad for dinner? What would you get? Pepperoni and I got a pizza. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? At the pizza place, they sell salads. So you were salad adjacent. I mean, I think that counts a little bit. There was a vegetable on my pizza, so. Oh, first of all, gross. Second of all, good for you. That counts as a salad to me. On my Mount Rushmore. We'll be on my Mount Rushmore. Oh, are you a pine? Never mind. We'll save it. I said vegetable. Oh, yeah, that's a fruit. (laughs) See, that's what I mean. uh, (laughs) That's why I had grapes twice on my fruits. So (laughs) I don't even know fruits. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. All right. All right. So we've got uh, Dusty Slay, Working Man, and we've got Mount Rushmore of pizza toppings for next week. And God knows what else. Mm -hmm. So till then, don't forget to turn your headlights off.